You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue our ongoing exclusive coverage of our recap series of the TV show Third Watch. We are moving through this swimmingly in the second season, the 17th episode. Oh, my goodness, what an episode this is. The self-importance of being Carlos. I'm saying this right now. I said this when we did After Hours a good 10 episodes ago, that uh, this, to me, is the second greatest episode of Third Watch in the history of Third Watch. What a, what an absolute amazing episode this is. A lot to talk about, so much fun, and uh, be prepared to laugh because this is definitely probably the funniest episode we ever get of Third Watch. My name is Ben, and all right, let's go help some people. Oh, look, kids. I'm back. <laughs> it's Brandy, and whew, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to do this episode, the self, self-importance of Carlos. You are you are back on a good one, Brandy. You've, uh, you haven't been here <laughs> since Run of the Mill, but uh, you're back here on a good one, so welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Excited to be back, um, especially on this episode. I mean, this is—I'm in love with this episode. It's just humor, straight through. I mean, at, in, the, in the beginning, it's like ah, emotional, but then it gets right into the humor, so it's perfect. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. Now, this is the thing. Like, you've obviously missed a fair bit since uh, you've been. I mean, obviously, we kind of just lost Bobby. Um, but I mean, I, yeah. I think I think it's it's an interesting balance that they. We obviously have such our sort of two-parter tragedy episodes there with Requiem from a Banterweight and uh, Unfinished Business. And then we obviously move into it like, you know, 90% comedy, as I was trying to explain this one, I think, sort of at the end of uh, Unfinished Business. And it's, I mean, look, I like sort of how they do this and the fact that they try and lighten the tone after, obviously, the seriousness has got. I obviously did say I had my few issues, the fact that we never get, say, like a Bobby funeral episode or anything along those lines. But, you know, I do think that this kind of works, though. Like, you have such a tragic episode, you lose a major character... And then here you are, um, you know, with sort of something a little bit light. So um, we, we've mentioned a lot this season that we kind of, we haven't had much on Carlos this season in terms of sort of these individual episodes, but the payoff is just so good. Um, so, and like, I think, to be absolutely honest with you, I think this is the perfect way to do a Carlos episode. I mean, I don't think you could have done a Carlos episode in any other way. I mean, yes, moving forward, we're going to get, you know, episodes about his family. It's going to be a little bit more serious about his background and obviously, you know, when there's a baby involved and all these sort of things like that, you know, it's not always goofball Carlos, although they kind of do turn him back into goofball Carlos by season six. But, like, this is still just... We've kind of hated so much Carlos this season in terms of the first-time viewer because of how he's portrayed as kind of this real asshole, selfish person. And this episode just balances it because he's he's still a selfish asshole of a person, but like we realise he struggles with this, and it's kind of it's just not him being an asshole. He legitimately has issues when it comes to trying to be <laughs> compassionate and all this sort of stuff. So. Yeah, and just straight away, I'm going to say this. Anthony Rebovar, just amazing. What a great actor he is. Um, just, yeah, I, I'm just still glowing about this, Brandy. This episode is just so good. It is, and it's just, it's funny because, like, with Carlos, I mean, I feel like in order to get his character, you kind of, I don't know if you have to go through, like, so much in, like, what he's gone through, but, like, again, like, I used to tell you a lot, like, watching Carlos years ago, before I, like, lived a little bit more of a life, I used to think he was just an asshole, but like this this time when I watched this episode, I'm like, I get it. Like he is an asshole, but I kinda get where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, kind of, it's just, yeah. yeah. It's like Bosco as well, like how you know, we kind of the comparisons like Bosco's an asshole in his own right, and the fact that, you know, he's a bigot, you know, he's kind of just, you know, says the inappropriate things and 
all this sort of stuff, and he's got a, a, a temper and everything. But like you know, again, Bosco still will do anything to help anyone. You know, he's still gonna go out of his way, and he's a compassionate person. So it's kind of the parallels, and this is what I think this episode does so well is the fact that we get Carlos and Bosco in an episode together. And like, oh, the, I mean, yeah. we we sort of had a bit of that, obviously, in a rock and a hard place, and we kind of had a few bits and bobs here of them together. But this is the episode, and like, I'm just so sad that we just don't get this again. Like, they just they needed to explore Bosco and Carlos a lot more than they do which is, is one sad thing to take out of this episode it's something to just never further explored but um yeah wow this episode i mean I, before we get into this i should just quickly um want to go over something that we didn't do in the last episode obviously we got so sidetracked in talking about the great bobby cannavale and bobby and everything along those lines um that we actually darvell and i didn't rate the episode on air i should say we have done this off air but uh for those playing at home wondering shit they didn't rate the episode uh we both bought it clearly um we're always going to buy that episode so i just thought i'd quickly uh go over that just to clarify that in case anybody was desperately wondering um what our overall opinions were on uh unfinished business there you go but all right we're here we're getting ready and, I mean, this, just even the way this episode starts, you know you're in for something different. We sort of get this, uh, accident scene. It's some sort of like, I don't know, it's like a western sort of theme playing. Um, and you know, instead of just getting a flat out narration like we have of some of these ones, we kind of hear the inner monologues of some of these characters. So we've got Yokus, uh, obviously talking about them being a lousy drunk. Then we sort of see Jimmy, you know, he's talking about that, uh, glad they got there in time. Sully complaining about all these people just watching like it's a, a circus. Doc, here he is, like in his head, sort of going over the vitals and everything, that sort of stuff. And what's Carlos doing? Uh, that chick is hot. If Jennifer Lopez and Jenna Jackson had a love child, it would be her. Uh, I just love how he just has this ongoing thing this episode of, like, comparing, like, hot chicks to if a certain two celebrities had, like, a love child. Um, <laughs> so here he is uh, trying to show off, and he's just like, oh, you know, typical Doc. Here he is. Uh, my victim <laughs> kills that dog. Hey, Doc, my victim's stable. <laughs> we got him now. And it's like, congratulations. Thanks, man. <laughs> just like, it was touch and go for a while, but <laughs> I got it. <laughs> just like, yeah, just straight away. Oh. You just know this episode is just something different. Um, and then we get, oh, look who's back. It's Dana. Um, in what I believe is her penultimate ever appearance. It's not a last appearance. Um, so, I mean, when we eventually get to her last appearance, I mean, we're not going to go to the extent that we did with Bobby, because, you know, Bobby was a main character, but we're going to slightly, I guess, eulogize some of these main side characters, but we're not going to do much with Dana, because who gives a shit about Dana? But anyway, uh, here she is. (laughs) Carlos does. Random, you know, Carlos finds Dana. Dana's hot. (laughs) (laughs) If Helen Hunt and Mary Tyler Moore, when she was hot, had a child, she'd be it. (laughs) I gotta say, when I seen that part of the scene, I was just thinking about you, and I was like, okay, so Carlos does care about Dana more than we do, <laughs> because I forget this total reference that he has for her. Yeah, well, it's, it's weird, because, like, it's, I mean, this is the first and only time we will ever get to see Carlos trying to flirt with Dana. I mean, Dana's still clearly hung up over Bobby, not only because, you know, he broke her heart, but clearly his death has affected Dana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But um, she's, she's never explored. I mean, again, I know they only sort of dated for a couple of episodes ago, but why is Dana never, like, cut up over Bobby's death? Um, but I love how, like, he, he winks at her. And it's like, oh, you got something in your eye? Oh, no. It's like, oh, you know, do you have a headache or something like that? Like, Concern, I have a headache. All right. 
Oh, I love. I just love the voiceover they did with Carlos, like the perspective, how they did it. It's just yeah. awesome. It fits in well with his hair. facial expressions. It's perfect. Oh, <laughs> so not all right. I mean, I wonder. I wonder if people have. I've done that. Like I've thought like that. Like, oh, this person's concerned. All right. Believe what me, that means. I do that all the time. <laughs> Good to know it's not just me because I was like I related to that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Concerned. I have a headache. All right. But like, I actually, um, I tagged Anthony Rivera on Twitter when I was watching this episode to say how amazing it was. He actually, he didn't reply, but he retweeted it. Um, and I actually just, before I did this episode, I actually just checked and Kobe Bell liked the retweet. So, uh, even Kobe Bell is a fan of the self-importance of being Carlos. So, random love that we're getting out there from the actors of this episode that they clearly still remember it after all these years. Um, so then we're, (laughs) we're at, uh, back at the firehouse, um, and, uh, all the people around the table, they're talking and we hear Carlos, you know, I just love Carlos is like, oh, same conversation every single night. What are we having for dinner? And he's just, you know, just backing out these firefighters. And he's all like, dude, I love the way he's like, dude, and he has that little look on his face. And then we hear Doc, you know, goes, Carlos, yes or no? And it's like, oh, no. And they're like, no. And it's like, do you even listen to us? Like, I'm studying. I'm sorry that I want to make something better for myself, you know, just like Carlos being Carlos. Um... I need to find out that, uh-oh, they were talking about Bobby. Awkward. Um, and then we hear the, the fire alarm go off, saved by the bell. I mean, um, you know, it's kind of, it's a, it's a smart way. Like, I, again, I may complain that we don't get a Bobby uh, funeral episode. But, I mean, you know, straight away, even before the credits, we're getting a reference to Bobby. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of like they don't completely, completely forget about him at this point. They will eventually. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's such a fun way to start this episode, is it not? It is, it is. I mean, I think the only complaint I have, like, how they start the episode is, like, with Jimmy talking about... I don't know, because I always feel like Jimmy and Bobby weren't close. And so, like, it's interesting. I mean, I love how they have the humor and, like, they're they're showing, like, they do care. Like, they lost somebody close to their family. But I guess it was just... I don't know. I mean... I think, I think we, we discovered a slight hidden friendship between Bobby and Jimmy all of a sudden because you know there was Bobby uh, Jimmy desperately waiting at the hospital for news on uh, Bobby's death last episode um, and you know checking on the phone and everything along those lines I mean I think yeah they there were a few things where they eventually uh, were a bit calmer with each other I think in this second season I mean Bobby had nothing to do but I mean you know it wasn't season <laughs> one animosity between the two if you know what I mean yeah, no, of course, of course. I just never got the whole... I never felt like they were friends. I don't know. Again, I haven't seen, like, season two in a while. Like, I just came back into this podcast episode, and I could be wrong. I mean, like I said, like, now watching these episodes again, that I have a different perspective. So if I go back and watch season two, I might have a whole totally different perspective and see what you're saying. I, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, in, I mean, we should mention, we mentioned this at the end of, uh, during last episode, but this, uh, credits is the first time we never see Bobby Cannavale's name in an opening credits of Third Watch. So, sad, but, uh, clearly he's left the show and they didn't keep him around on sort of the credits for a little bit. Um, but then we kind of get this accent scene. Now, it's, it's interesting, like, this is what I feel Third Watch does basically every week when we get to about season four, five, and six. They'll have their outlandish, over the top sort of, you know, um, really, elaborate um, rescue or something like that or some sort of big incident. So, like, it's kind of... It's still sporadic enough in Third Watch that we don't really need to sort of say anything about it. And this is this is the, the one of the few times where Third Watch kind of does steer into your typical cop show, let's find something where they've just got to rescue them, if you know what I mean. Like, 
here we have this caravan that sort of flipped over the edge and it's, you know, teetering over. Will they save them? Will they not? You know, it's kind of like that sort of whole elaborate scheme, which, you know, I mean, people, it has its place. It's network TV. But, I mean, it, it, to me, at least at this point in Third Watch, it doesn't really feel like it belongs overly well. Uh, but, I mean, you know, by the end of Third Watch, this is what's going to happen every single week. So, um, I yeah, I don't know why I'm just having a random Ben rant here. But So, we've had a caravan has been involved in a car accident. As I said, it's hanging over the edge. We've got an old couple in um, this, uh, this, what is it, a motorhome caravan? I don't know what you call it in America. Um, and... Uh, RV, there you go. Yep, I knew there was something there that you called it differently to us. Um, so they've sort of stabilised it with some ropes, and Carlos and uh, Doc go in there to try and help him out, but this guy's leg's pinned, and they can't get him out without equipment. Rescue's about to arrive, um, but basically they have to get out of there. Doc and Carlos leave, but the, the little old lady with the man is sweet, it's beautiful, you asked me to marry you, I'm not going to leave you right now, so they both get out, and then the rescue show up a little bit too late, because then this uh, RV crashes, dies, and that beloved little old couple are dead, but, um, <laughs> like, would they really let Doc and Carlos go into this thing when it's that unstable, I mean, again, they just lost Bobby, so, like, I, I mean, mean yeah. I, I really don't know if this is a li- like, that is so unstable. We see it being held by one rope that will snap when they leave. Yeah. So, like, even then, did they kill them? Like, if they hadn't have gotten in there to unsettle the weight in the first place, is this couple still alive? <laughs> no, no, because I was looking at that rope, and it looks like it's not even, like, attached or anything. But, like, yeah, no, I don't... Realistically, I don't think so. I mean, the weight, just alone, it was already, like, the weight was already shifted. I mean, but it's TV. Gotta make it dramatic. and yeah. You gotta have Dark and Carlos go in, and Carlos, of course, is the one that slips, and he's like, oh my god, and, <laughs> you know, but it was I a mean, sweet, it was definitely a sweet scene, I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I agree touch- with that. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree, and I think, like, you're right, it's TV, I shouldn't be so, like, this is what TV was in the year 2001, um, and so, like, you know, that's why, again, like, I feel like it can get a bit of a pass and sort of not just be over the top. I mean, I, yeah. keep, I keep bringing up Blue Bloods all the time now, but, I mean, I still watch Blue Bloods. I enjoy Blue Bloods, but you really do notice the differences in quality between Blue Bloods and Third Watch, particularly mm-hmm. early days of Third Watch, when you're watching them right next to each other. So it's- I got it. A show. I have it on Hulu. I haven't. I never seen it. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's. It's a good show, but it's just. Yeah. But um, it's just the acting and sort of the situations in it. Um. But yeah, it's sad. Obviously, we get the the that scene with a couple, so it's nice. Um. But then we're back at the fire. So what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're we're back at the firehouse. Um. Everybody's sort of quiet. Um. And I just love. Uh, Carlos's monologue here. I hate this. You know, it's a cycle. Somebody dies. They go home. They're sad in their lives. Uh, once again, it means the usual. It's up to me to cheer everybody up. So he's like, hey, who wants some pizza? <laughs> like, Does it look like everybody I wants some pizza? Buying. I said, I'm buying. <laughs> I just love this. He's like... Yeah, it's so, so funny. So cool. Doctors, uh, Carlos is not caring. So then they've got to get sensitivity training or stress debriefing, which Carlos is, you know, if there was a list of things that, like, you know, were the biggest waste of time, this is up there. Now, again, I, I get why they're doing it. This is the Carlos episode and kind of what this is going to bring. But do we ever see them get this at any other time? Like, I think they do a lot in season five when what happens with Doc, sure. But, like, you know, uh, they've had some other tragic calls along the way. Why are they getting this training for their other calls? Just lost Bobby. Like, exactly. I think Bob, Doc, 
Just let me yeah. I mean, <laughs> I besides losing Bobby, that's why. Yeah, well, I suppose they, they, they kind of lump it in there. But uh, I just want to say, here, I've written here, Carlos looks cool. I like his little look in his little leather jacket and his jeans. Like, does he not look really cool? He does. He has that 90s, like, those. Uh, that shirt he's wearing, like, the, the little designs. I used to wear, I was such a tomboy. I had shirts like his Carlos's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I was, uh, I, you would have been cool then, too. I, just, I don't know. I just, he looked really cool here. I just wrote that down. He does. He does. He does. I was actually checking him out and just saying, I was like, I like his style. It's <laughs> different. I feel like it kind of... Uh, compliments his like attitude as well in a way you know i mean yeah yeah i agree just, i agree he has that yeah i think that's i think they want i think they did that on purpose just to do do that alone is compliment his attitude like how he seems you know like well if you look at anthony yeah. reva vaza like profile picture on imdb he's kind of in this suit and he's wearing a little hat yeah yep. uh so, which he still, he still looks cool i'm not saying he doesn't look cool but i mean you know it's just kind of it's a little bit uh it's a little bit different um, but yeah, so like, I kind of like this back and forth here between Carlos and Doc and, you know, they're talking about being sensitive and Carlos is like, oh, like you've never been insensitive. That guy who like drilled himself, uh, drilled his nads and it's like, it was funny. And it's like, well, I'm sure he didn't find it was funny. And then it's like, <laughs> talking about the old couple. Oh yeah. It's like TV movie of the week. Sad. Um, so. <laughs> only thing missing is the cancer kid and forgot what else yeah, he Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, oh, yeah, what was it? Um, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I forget what he says, but, um, I mean, this is like where it was said. Oh, uh, believe Yeah, the, the believe you yeah, that's right. But, like, I think we were talking about this with Darvell that in the, uh, the season one DVD where they've got the making of, and, uh, I'm pretty sure it is Ed, Ed Allen Bonero who's, uh, talking about how Carlos is one of the most unique characters on TV because he's a paramedic who just doesn't care for people um and like you know we've kind of seen glimpses of that in the past but this is obviously the episode where we really get to see it um and then obviously we meet now here uh jenica who is uh what the sensitivity training doctor nurse lady uh and i just love here that like automatically she walks in the music changes uh we get carlos here straight away whoa this chick's hot uh she you know if Liz Hurley and that one European chick who was in that one Bond movie, who I'm just going to point out, uh, Sophie Marceau, I'm guessing he's talking about, because 2001 uh, would have been only two years after The World Is Not Enough was released, the best Bond movie there ever was. She played Electric King in uh, James Bond. So I'm assuming that, that during around the time here, that would have been still a, you know the most recent Bond movie. So I'm just going to assume it's Sophie Marceau there. And yes, Sophie Marceau is quite attractive. Um and then he's, like, imagining a sex scene between the two, which is kind of, you know... And I love the trumpets that you kind of get in the background as they're playing here. You get the... Um, and then he sort of walks in, I need a lot of debriefing. Um, and he's just... All of a sudden, we've just heard Carlos just rip shit into the fact he doesn't care. Uh, all this sort of stuff. And now he's just being super sensitive. You know, am I a hero? Sure I am. <laughs> I don't like to call myself that. I mean... You know. The I just, can we just say, Doc's face is around, like, right when he cuts in front of Doc. Yeah. Like, you know, you mind if I go first? I need a lot of, de- what is it, like, a lot of debriefing. A lot and of just debriefing, yeah. And then Doc's face in the background just like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's just over it at the, this the, point. And I think what's really funny is, like, when he first starts getting debriefed by her, and he's like, oh, to me, it's just always about the patients and the children. There were children involved? No, but it's just about them. I believe the just children are our future. Teach them well, and they will lead the way. Just that's quoting Whitney Houston. I just love it. He's just like drinking. They just like an hour later, he's drinking a coffee, and now he's eating a donut and just still. 
It's just so funny. Like I just like that. That's me. I'm so Carlos here. Like I'm trying to think about something about the um, children. So I'm just randomly thinking of you know. I believe the children are our future. <laughs> Teach them yeah. well and let them lead. Like just start singing Whitney Houston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and then basically, you know, as you said, an hour goes past. He's eating donuts, drinking coffee. Oh, look at the time. Um, you know, and then basically, uh, he's sort of saying, Oh, I've got more stuff. I need more sensitive. Oh, but you're so sensitive. And it basically leads to the fact that, you know, he wants to go out with, uh, Janica. And he, what does he say? Like, I just, I said that stuff because I wanted to date you. I just love the way he says that to her. Um, and he's, she's just like, that is so wrong. And then basically we get this great, like, this spew here from Carlos. I'm self-centered. I don't care. I do the job because I study. I only said that other stuff because I wanted to date you. And it's like, a couple of old people died in an accident. Boo-hoo. Um, so. <laughs> he's just so awesome. A couple, he's just like a couple old farts. And she's just like. <laughs> It's just, she's just looking at him like she's getting turned on by it, but at the same time, like, we know what's coming at the same time. It's just... (laughs) I don't, like, to me, like, what's amazing about this is the fact that, like, like, they do sleep together. So this is the first time we ever get to see Carlos get... Oh, no, actually, no, we saw her with Vanjie, my bad. But, like, uh, second time we get to see Carlos getting laid. Third time, actually, no, because he slept with that student a couple of episodes ago to steal the notes. So, wow, Carlos is a bit of a Lothario. Um... But, but like, the thing that... What does he say about this Janica, uh, Jenica woman? That, like, you know, she's, like, able to sleep with him so quickly because all of a sudden he's, like, bagging out dead people? Like, I mean, I get it later on when, you know, uh, she he gets the, um, the, the notes back and kind of, like, he's going off at her. But, like, I don't know. Like, uh, she's a bit of a strange one, this Jenica. And we get to see her again in a couple of episodes. So, like, this isn't the only time we'll see her. She's in at least two episodes. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> I, oh man, now I'm just agreeing. Like I didn't get it at first. I guess I do now because like when she was like, "Oh, well, you don't want to take work home with you," you know, like I'm tired of like the nice guys. I get it, but then at the same time, I get at the end of the day her job. She, she's she is like, "Well, you are a paramedic, so I do have to say this." I mean, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> I will say I think she's like the hottest one that we remember so far when it, when it comes to Carlos. Of, like who he slept with because Vanjie yeah of course she's a big big part of his story and then this other girl you said I don't remember <laughs> well so. she's only like she was a uh, um was that in uh, that was in honor was it not a uh, history I mean sorry honors next um, okay yeah which is yeah it was history because that was the one with uh the the stupid doc killed someone storyline and he's uh trying okay. to get ahead and he's um his class, so he sleeps with the girl who's like into him, but she's he's like you know she's like a bigger girl, and he's just you know going out of his way to be a dick to her. But then he kind of does sleep so that to try and steal the notes, but um, he ah. then doesn't go through with it at the end because he has a change of heart and thinks of Doc, which kind of sounds creepy. But my my thing here is like, so obviously Doc had to get debriefed after this. So here they are flirting with each other and all this sort of stuff. And we kind of cut to them being in bed. And it's a great little scene, you know, like, how was I? I was great. You know, how are you? Great. If you don't want to call me uh, after this, you don't have to. And it's like, this chick's amazing. Um, but like, does Doc still get debriefed? Or does Jenica like say, oh, Doc, we'll do it tomorrow. And they're just like, they rush back to Jenica's house and have sex. Like, like, do we, does he just wait around for Doc to be finished debriefed afterwards? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember him saying like, why would it come out? Hey man, there's coffees and there's donuts and coffee. Knock yourself out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. I just love yeah, it. I don't know. It's, it's kind of strange, right. but 
So Carlos gets laid. Good for him. Uh, but I agree with you. Yeah, Jenica's kind of, um, you know, the most attractive one we've had so far. And I'm just looking here. Uh, played by Dagmara Dominicic. Uh, she's Polish. Um, good for her. Um, and apparently... Apparently she was in two episodes of 24. Day four. Oh, I'll have to go uh-huh. back and see that. I didn't. I don't remember her in 24. She must look different. Um, but this actually was her very first TV role. She was in a movie... In the year 2000, called Keeping the Faith. Um, oh, it's Ben Stiller, Jenna Elfman movie. I vaguely remember that movie. Um, but then we had, yeah, this is her very first TV role. So uh, there you go. And she's, is she still acting? She, yeah, she's filming a movie at the moment called Abe. So she's still acting. So good for you, Dagmara. Again, we'll see her again. She's in. Um, She's in the uh, an episode in a couple of episodes time, Walking Wounded, uh, which is she not in another episode? She's in the no, no, that is sorry, never mind. She's in Walking Wounded. She's she sees Kim when Kim gets into trouble with herself in the hospital. But anyway, so um, <laughs> next <laughs> next scene, here's Carlos. You know, bag, uh, ragging on about his conquests. If I said four times, I'd be lying. Uh, you know, and he's, I think it's DK, isn't it, when he's just like, oh, why don't you whip out some pictures? And he's like, what, here? <laughs> oh, my God, Carlos. <laughs> and then he's just, you know, his little uh, monologue, oh, you know, can't blame them. Uh, you know, this is they had their lives. I'd be also jealous. And then, like, Doc going off at him. It's like, don't be a player hater, man. You talk about all your chicks. Um, so it's kind of just fun scene. But then we've got Jimmy coming down. He's got his uh, the box of Bobby stuff. Um you know, thought we'd all take it around to his mum's house, and they all sort of agreed. They're like, oh, let's all go around to, to Bobby's mum's house. I'm like, yep, yeah, we'll all go. And then, Carlos, what time? I got a test. <laughs> Which, like, I get it. I get what they're trying to do with Carlos. He's not the type of person who's going to, like, sort of dwell on this. But, I mean, we did kind of see Carlos slightly upset with Bobby's death an episode ago. So, obviously, again, we don't know how much time has passed since Bobby's death. It's been a few weeks, at least, because we'll see Kim. But, um... Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's it's interesting kind of that Carlos just has gotten over. I suppose everybody really, in a way, has. Um, so, where are we up to here? Ah, right, so they get their, their <laughs> notes back, right, don't they? So, and he's like, oh, it's like a love note from my girl. Uh, and then basically it's all, you know, you may be unsuitable to be a paramedic. Um, and then basically, so he, he confronts Jenica and is like, what are you doing? You know, this is my job. And then I love how he, she like reads out word for word when she says like, oh, a couple of old farts died in an accident. Boo hoo. At what point was she writing that down? Cause like he says that like after their session. So <laughs> she's got a pretty good memory. Um, and then, you know, when like, I love the way they're kind of like going back and forth and it's like, well, what are you a habitual liar or an emotionally bankrupt human? Um, like, which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That is so me. I'd be like, well, what is worse? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we've got, he's got to go to sensitivity training. Uh, then to think I almost called you again. Oh, so that's the uh, end of our beloved Carlos Jenica, uh, relationship. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so then we've got just kind of random scene here. Uh, Joe and Jimmy, uh, obviously, you know, they've kind of, this is where they sort of, I mean, they kind of mended, um, I guess, bonds back in a rock and a hard place when, 
Jimmy sort of took the fall for Joe with the potato on the cop's car. So I guess kind of, you know, they're sort of back on good level here. And, you know, Linda's pregnant. The baby is Joe's. um, And he wanted to tell his best friend. Now, just bookmark this scene because, um, yeah, next episode, we're going to get a little bit more of this. The baby, just don't uh, definitely assume that it is going to be Joe's. So um, I have a little bit of an issue with this storyline. This is just where it's kind of very over-the-top, typical TV. Oh, it might not be my your baby. And this is this is a dirty kid storyline. I'm saying it right now. Um, I'm, a, I'm ahead in the episode when, obviously, Linda will come in and sort of say to Jimmy, it might be your baby. Spoiler alert. Uh, but th- it goes nowhere. We never find out. Because I think Joe leaves. So we never, ever find out if Jimmy has an extra kid floating around out there. So um, it's, kind of, it's kind of random. Um, and I, I guess this is one of these storylines that I'll say I reckon kind of went away with 9-11. I think maybe they just... You know, this is one of the storylines that was perhaps going to be something in season three. Uh, but they just sort of, you know... it. I had no room for it with everything that was happening with 9-11 stuff. So I, I reckon that would be my reasoning behind why this perhaps wasn't a, a bigger storyline. Um, just actually quickly, I'm going to back up here and just, I didn't say at the beginning of this episode that when this aired and who it was written by and directed by, because I think it's important to always note that 19th of March, 2001, this aired for the first time, day after my birthday. There you go. Um, and it was uh, written by John Ridley and directed by Jace Alexander. So I just wanted to quickly point those out because obviously it's such a good episode. They deserve credit for their abilities. Um, I mean, do you have anything to add here on random Joe and Jimmy? I mean, you haven't sort of really been around for much of this Joe-Jimmy situation, I feel. So, um, you mean, you, I, were, uh, you were there when the baby was conceived, but um, you haven't really been there for the reaction <laughs> I do, stuff. <laughs> I do remember, like, these scenes, because I remember finally I felt like Jimmy was getting what he deserves. Like, in terms of, like, he's always getting away of, like, hurting people and just being Jimmy. And so I do, these episodes, I this storyline I do remember, like, I do remember. And uh, one thing I will say, my outlook is a little bit different. I kind of like it because at first I was like, it is over the top. You don't find out whose baby it is. But then I'm like, at the same time, I like it because there are situations like this that do happen in real life. They might not be as common, but there are some like, holy shit, this is my life. This is happening. And yeah, I don't know if I want. I don't want to spoil it, but I do feel like there is some type of resolution. I feel like there is some type of resolution at the end where we don't find out, but we kind of can guess. And we're, and it's basically like, don't I don't know. I don't want to explore it, but it's basically... Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I, I mean, like, there's a mini yeah, yeah, yeah. resolution. There, there definitely is. You're not wrong. There is 100% a mini resolution. But I, I just feel, Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's one of those... Yeah. yeah. I know, we're probably getting a little ahead of ourselves, and we'll talk about this next episode. But I don't know. I just... I feel that they were going to do more with this. And I just kind of feel that this storyline got written out because of 9-11. I mean, this is kind of... We've brought this up a few times about what would have happened uh, to this show had 9-11 not happened. What storylines did they have planned? Definitely um, different. So different. I, I just have a feeling that Joe maybe would... I mean, it, it might not be. I might be completely wrong. Like, um, whoever played Joe, uh, who I've got here somewhere, Nick Sandow, of course, uh, he might have just wanted to leave the show. So... Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that more in the next episode, but I, I just kind of feel that there was something there that they just kind of couldn't really fit in with all the 9-11 stuff, which really takes up the majority of the first half of season three. So I wish we could have get some, like, I think it would have been cool as, like, if we, they ever, like, if we could ever get, like, an interview, if you ever do an interview, it'd be so cool to ask that question, like, you know, because I know you say you wanted to ask that question a lot, and I look forward to that, because it is interesting to see, like, if 9-11 didn't happen, like, were there notes or were there, like, there are certain... Storylines that you guys had written down for, and 
you know, just behind the scenes. That would be an epic podcast episode. I would even sure. go go to the extent and assume that they had filmed stuff because, I mean, yeah. if you actually, and we'll talk about this in season three, but you've got to actually understand that the premiere of season three was barely a month after 9-11. So, I mean, in their own words aside, like the first episode that wasn't sort of the documentary, September 10th, I mean, that aired October 22nd, uh, 2001. So barely, you know, 40 days after 9-11 that aired. So they would have had to have had something ready to go. And because a lot of the TV scheduling, of course, was bumped back after 9-11. So this, you know, generally shows premiere sort of mid to end of September. Um, You know, so kind of, I I, I really do not believe that they would not have something done. Because, I mean, there's no way a TV show sits around and gets to September 1 and goes, all right, we're premiering in three weeks. We haven't written anything. So they would have had table reads. They would have had, you know, entire storylines plotted out. And and there might have been some of the later seasons that perhaps were filmed out of order and uh, later episodes, sorry, and kind of here, there and everywhere. But without doubt, they would have had different plans for this season. So um, that is 100% one that I would, as a third watch fan, I I would be one of the first questions that I would want to put to John Wells or Ed Allen Bonero because... Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just no way. And I think that kind of, it's a show that like we're covering Lost, we're covering Nip Tuck. I mean, you know, Lost is one of these ones, which it's out on public record, what they were going to do with certain episodes and they changed it. So like the, the creators have talked about it before. I've only kind of found a few, you know, bits and bobs online of sort of interviews with these people about their watch. I mean, there's an interview on YouTube, which I've mentioned previously with John Wells. He's mentioning a little bit about sort of their, you know, what they did and why they did the, the nine 11 stuff. But, um, yeah, one day, hopefully, we can get them on the show and we can we can find out a little bit because, you know, I'm sure there's something out there, whether it be unwritten, unreleased scripts or things like that, or, you know, they might have long been thrown out. I don't know, but... Um, oh, hope not. Yeah. Someone oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, exactly. A uh, random little thing, though, that I want to mention just here with the Joe uh, Jimmy scene. Uh, I noticed on the front of the uh, fire truck they've got a little stuffed Tasmanian devil, Taz, from uh, Looney Tunes, which I've never noticed before. So, uh, random Tasmanian <laughs> connection uh, to third watch. Interesting, I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, so, um, where are we? Uh, we are now... Um, oh, this is where uh, Doc and uh, Carlos are in the ambulance. Um, Doc sort of saying like, oh, you know, you don't think this is funny. And, uh, you know, to see the irony. Yes, I did see the irony in it. But, you know, this is just not, you know, this could affect my me being a paramedic. Like, well, you don't want to be a paramedic. It's like, well, you know, they could put this in my jacket when it comes to applying for medical schools. Um, and then I kind of like um, Doc's line there when he says, you make your bed and then you screw yourself in it. Um, which is kind of funny. Uh, and then when he's like saying about cold, self-centered and aloof. And it's like, oh, I never said that. And it's like, yes, you did. Two days after you met me. And Carlos slept with on him. Like, it's just so perfect in that scene. You can, you can like definitely tell that, uh, you know, Carlos is that type of person who would easily remember something like that so you know that's that's me i remember little things like that when somebody like says something so obvious about me if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no i do too like probably more than i should like i it's probably like not even as big as it should be but i'm like i still remember you saying that <laughs> yeah and- oh it's so funny um so we now go to one of the best bits of the episode um where we get 
Doc, uh, Carlos, and Bosco in a meeting. Um, we're at sensitivity training, and I love how like Carlos shows up, sees all the name tags, is like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" And then here comes Bosco. Oh, what? This isn't jazzercise class. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing here? Oh, I just had some problem with a can. A can? Yeah, you know, a Dominican, a Mexican, a Puerto Rican. It's like oh. it's just so inappropriate. And you know, Carlos is explaining, like, and I'm part Hispanic. Oh, but you're one of the good ones. Explains <laughs> why you're here. Yeah. Explains why you're here, <laughs> and it's like, um, oh, you've been here before. Oh, I practically have reserved parking. Um, then we get this guy. You know, if you are here, you have a problem. Uh, and let's be honest, this is again something that kind of still holds up to this day. I'm sure this thing still exists. Um, oh yeah, you know, even more. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so you know, uh, obviously, this guy sort of giving his spiel uh, based on. You notice how they say based on race, gender, and ethnicity. They never say sexuality. So clearly in the year 2001, it was okay for you to be insensitive to, you know, people's sexualities. <laughs> so, just something I randomly picked up there. Um, so obviously Bosco here is telling Carlos, he's kind of reading out the script, uh, you know, saying it word for word. And then the guy's like, Boscarelli. It's like, oh, I'm just helping out the new guy. Uh, and it's like, well, I'm sure the new guy can, uh, you know, uh, figure this out for himself. So then Carlos sort of gets up and he's all like, oh, you know, can I speak to you? I don't need to be here. Uh, you know, oh, so you're here to show compassion. Oh, so, you know, you think it's compassion that you can stand up in front of this room and interrupt everyone. And I love how he's like, but Bosco interrupted. Like, such a childish thing. I, I love that. Right when he points back, like, Bosco did it first. <laughs> oh, it's so oh, funny. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, so we kind of get that. And then he's... Um, being told that he's going to come back the next day, show what he see that he can show what compassion is, and then he'll talk about him getting released. So here's Carlos sitting in a um, cafe, writing out word for word, sort of compassion. Um, screws it up from the dictionary. This is again what I would do: screws up the piece of paper, throws it on the floor. To which we then get very attractive uh, waitress um, bends over in front of Carlos, ouchie, wawa, and he's just like, hey. And she's just, you know, not interested. She just thinks he's a dick. <laughs> Excuse me as I burp in the middle of my explanation. That was very professional, Ben. Um, I just love his ouchie wawa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carlos, never change. So he reads out the definition in class, um, <laughs> you know, and this guy's just basically <laughs> like, um, oh, it's very clinical. And Carlos's like, yeah, thanks. I spent all morning on it. I just love watching Bosco's reaction, just the way Bosco's staring at him. It's so funny. Um, and then he's just sort of like, oh, you know, you need to show me what compassion is, you know, compared to your, you know, superiors. So then he's just like, oh, you know, my superior's doc. That a problem? He hates me. Yeah, that'll be a problem. (laughs) Can I just say, like, with Carlos, like, you said, like, that shoe, like, with the dictionary, that was so me, like, it might be of, like, middle school. Like, when you had, like, these projects, and you're supposed to show something, but you go and get the dictionary, you write it, you think you did a great job. Come yeah. find out I was totally wrong. I I can get the frustration because you're like, what do you mean? You want me to do this? I just did it, and that's yeah. Carlos's way of like going through this like middle school project of what he has to do. <laughs> Which I awesome. think is a, it's a valid it's a valid point. Like I mean, I, you know, I, I'd be doing the same thing. I mean, this guy doesn't exactly explain <laughs> it, which I I guess you can see why he's not explaining it. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm completely with you there. Like I would be doing the same thing. I was that kid. I, it's like this, you know, when you get in trouble, write the yeah. sentence like a hundred times why you won't do this. And you do it. It's not good enough. And you're like, what do you mean? I did what you wanted me to do. I'm still yeah. in trouble. I'm still I in detention. Com- I would be a complete dick with things like that for sure. So, 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we get kind of a bit of a scene here. I get we needed a scene here with something to do with Kim. I feel like they fit this in well. You know, obviously, because Kim's going to be the one. We saw her at the end of the last episode, obviously, crying and sounding like a goat uh, <laughs> to take away from the Bobby episode even more. Um, you know, and here she is sitting in her apartment, um, obviously trying to tell Jimmy a little bit like, oh, I'm over it. You know, it's been a few weeks is where we kind of get a bit of the time frame here. You know, it's like, oh, look, I'll never be over it. But, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get back into it. And Jimmy's kind of there like, oh, you know, you ride with him, you know, every day for how long? And you just all of a sudden over it. And Goes out to the kitchen to make coffee. She's got about 300,000 boxes of pills everywhere. Uh, they're apparently caffeine pills. Uh, you know, um, I appreciate the worries. You know, I, I think, like, we needed a scene here. We needed some sort of Kim scene here. So I'm glad they kind of yeah. fitted in, if you know what I mean. No, I am too. I just, uh, I actually kind of forget how to handle the Kim scene. But if I, the Kim situation, but if I remember correctly, I don't, I don't know. That scene kind of bothered me a little bit. So I got to go back and watch some more episodes to see if I'm, maybe I'm wrong in my perspective. Yeah, but, well, this is, like I mentioned to you off air, this is like the one one of the few episodes that if I'm just randomly wanting to watch an episode of Third Watch, just, you know, just because I can, I'm not necessarily doing a rewatch. This is always one that I'll always put in, this or After Hours. There's a few other ones that I feel you can just kind of yeah, watch yeah. out of context. And, like, this is, this Self-Reports of Ben Carlos is definitely an episode you can show to anyone Absolutely. out of context. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it obviously does make sense if you know a little bit about what's happened. So obviously like with the Joe baby stuff and the Kim stuff, you know, that's why like this is 90% comedy and you've kind of got, you know, your 10%, you've got a bit of drama in this episode and obviously you've kind of got a bit of the follow up from the Bobby and sort of the Jimmy stuff. And I just, yeah, again, I think it's very important that you do get, uh, a brief bit here with Kim because, uh, you know, like as much as it's important that they kind of have this nice little funny episode to go off things it's also yeah as i said very important that you still they don't completely forget about it which you know give them a few episodes they'll completely forget about bobby so um <laughs> i know uh, it's, I, it's, like, it's fundamental in building like the storyline of kim and how she deals with it so i mean you definitely got to keep it they, they did a good job keeping it consistent with yeah. the kim storyline bobby because it is huge i mean she is was the partner she kim and bobby that was that's what it was and so like, yeah, yeah no absolutely and I think that maybe on the grand scheme of things that, you know, as much as I sort of ranted and raved about no Bobby funeral, I guess you would argue, though, that compare this to the next major character who dies in terms of the reaction of what it leaves an imprint. Like, as we've said, Kim's no not the same person from here on in. I mean, she kind of goes back into sort of regular Kim, you know, by the end of the season three, moving into season four. Um, but when I say, like, majority of season three, she's kind of defined by what will happen at the end of this season and what's already happened just with Bobby. So this is a long storyline that affects her for quite some time. And I, I appreciate that they do that with her character. Because, again, like, when it comes to the next character, major character to die, like, we'll get a funeral episode with that character. But it doesn't really have as long-term effect on the characters, uh, with no, the exception absolutely. of maybe one, sort of. Um, but he was already on a downward spiral. Um, but, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no. I, spoiler. I definitely but, agree with yeah. you. Though. I mean, so, so yeah, I guess I they, I, they balance it out. Yeah. No, no, I just, I want to, I'm thinking, like, the whole, how they handle it all together. I'm wondering, like, I don't know, because, like, when Jimmy was like, well, if you need more time, and in my mind, I was like, maybe she doesn't need time, she needs to be around family. And I can't remember, like, if Kim got the family help she needs with the, being around the people like i can't remember every detail so i definitely want to watch that storyline like throughout the whole season and like the episodes just to understand like i don't know i don't remember too much about it so well, it's yeah. kind of it's been interesting what they do with it because like uh you know next episode we kind of see you briefly at uh the football game 
Uh, yeah. And then, the, and then the following episode is when we kind of see, you know, it's kind of centered around what she does. And I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, it's it's still there with her. So, um, yeah, yeah, some yeah, great yeah. acting to come from Kim Raver this season uh, in terms of how she deals with it. Um, so, um, we now have, oh, Carlos complaining, why does all these things always happen to me? Um, <laughs> which, you know, this is Bosco and him having din- having lunch together, sort of before their shifts. And, uh, you know, he's not really listening to Bosco, but then Bosco obviously uh, has a bit of a conversation. I love how, like, this girl walks past and they both check her out at the same time. Um, and then, like, they're eating burgers. In comes Jokas. Apparently, Jokas and Bosco drive to work together now. Um, and I love that. Again, I do love these random character interactions. Obviously, we had an episode of sort of Jokas and Bosco and Carlos all together sort of a few ones ago in A Rock and a Hard Place. But I just kind of love the way Jokas walks in and she's like, how you doing, Carlos? And Carlos is just like... Yokus, <laughs> just like they're talking about uh oh we're just talking about compassion and it's like oh that must have been the shortest conversation ever uh you have feelings bosco they're just out in a box buried somewhere in jersey somewhere that is awesome <laughs> just the back the back and forth of bosco and Yokus here but then i love carlos when he says to Yokus, like where did you learn to be decent and it's like oh that's a bit of you know an interesting question and it's like well you don't learn it you just it just happens so then we kind of get a few scenes here of um Carlos sort of, uh, you know, asking Jimmy, uh, you know, what is compassion? Uh, it's like, oh, you know, I, I do this because it's my job. So you're here because you have to be. It's like, no, I like my job. It's like, but you wanted to play baseball, didn't you? And it's like, yes, I did. It's like, well, you're not really compassionate. You're just here because you kind of screwed up in life. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jimmy with the uh, saw, dude. Yeah, he just kind of looks at Carlos like with his saw, like wanting to chop him in half. It's so funny. <laughs> I just love it. I mean... Wow, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos! I just love how uh, Faith's reaction to his question, like learned. Like, yeah. What do you mean learned? Like, that's like a bit that of a, was, you know, where did you get that from? <laughs> like, learned? Did you just kind of know it? I just, I love that. Now, you know, and, this is where we get. Uh, this, this is where we get a scene here with, um, with Carlos and Taylor. Now, this is maybe where I was referencing back in, uh, was it history? Um, where we learned from, uh, was it history or it was history where I sort of said there was a bit of a plot hole with Taylor's storyline, Taylor's background where, um, in history, uh, she kind of has this moment with doc where she says to doc, like crying doc, like the only reason I took the fire test is because she had a, a bad sort of uh, situation with a little boy and his, his dad had beat him up and he died. So that made her take the fire exam. So she'd become a firefighter as well as a paramedic. That's where I like had a complaint. So I'm like, well, that's not the Taylor backstory we get to know and love. This here is the backstory where I feel this is what actually happens. So this is kind of a random little moment in that episode a few episodes ago where they sort of didn't really know maybe what Taylor's background was and it didn't really make sense. Exactly. So here we've got the real explanation where she wanted to become a firefighter because my dad made me do it. Um, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, who this is, you're going to be a firefighter. Uh, her name's Alex because it, whether or not it's a boy or a girl. Um, and then basically her dad was a dick to, to Taylor. <laughs> like, oh, look at my little girl over there. The only thing she could fire she could put out is she burns a pot roast. Um, so, you know, she was always going to be a firefighter based purely on that. So this is kind of retconning it and going back over that little scene from what about seven episodes ago that you know 
just didn't make sense. So it's kind no. of this one of our few first you know, early incidences of third watches random plot holes that kind of don't go into. I do like the line though when um, she says about like her family being firefighters. Like, oh, our firefighter, you know, our family bleeds red, and the way Carlos just like doesn't everyone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, she's like, no, fire. <laughs> like, um, I just love it. And then so I just, uh, you go. You know, I just think they did such a great, I like how, like, I agree with you. I think this is a real explanation. I, and I love how they did such a great job with the storyline going into, like, the third season with 9-11 and everything. I mean, it's it works so yeah. beautifully. It works, you know, and it's, I'm just excited for that. I'm excited to, like, get to the third season and you just see more and it's just gorgeous how they did it. You know, I think it's perfect. You know, I don't, and they couldn't, like you said, they couldn't see what was going on. So, like, it's just cool, like, how they had this explanation and they were able to do something with it, you know, it's, later it's, on. Yeah, and I will say, like, again, like, you got to realize you're absolutely right. September 11 haven't happened at this point. So, it's not like yeah. they're, they're knowing that what they're going to do next season because as we were just talking about, exactly. like, there's just so much. But, like, this is, yeah, exactly right. One of these scenes which kind of, this really plays in well into what's going to happen in September 11 storyline in season three. There's actually, in the final episode of this season in Zeus Wept, there's like a, a sort of a, a narration by Sully, which he <laughs> explains sort of like a situation which kind of, it's very eerily similar in the fact that what will happen for the you know in a couple of months time like he doesn't directly reference september 11 but he just he has this conversation in regards to people missing planes and there's you know very famous stories coming after september 11 about people who miss their planes and were meant to be on those flights one of them famous one of course was seth mcfarlane the creator of family guy he um got his flights mixed around on the morning of september 11 and was meant to be on one of the planes that flew into the trade center so he ended up missing the flight because he's like manager or something like that didn't tell him the right flight so um yeah yeah we'll talk about that sort of stuff when we get to that episode but yeah it's just kind of one of these weird sort of random moments where it will play in a lot better sort of uh coming on but i do like there's when they're going on here and taylor's obviously talking about that her adrenaline and then uh, they're talking about, like, the weird Rocky Road comparison. Uh, and then I just love the way Carla says, like, there's marshmallows in there, too. And she's just like, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, just, it just makes no sense. It's just kind of like, it's I funny. Was, I was like, I was lost. I was like, I was looking about that and I was like, am I the only one that doesn't get this part? Yeah. Because uh, she's like, exactly. Yeah. Because she's just like, it's just Rocky Road. It's just a, some chunks of chocolate and almonds. And he's like, there's marshmallows, too. And she's like, exactly. Exactly, yeah. And every time I was lost with that. <laughs> but um, I love Taylor. She makes her awesome. Yeah, now Taylor, like, again, like, as I kept saying with her, like, never was a fan of hers the first time I kind of saw her. But, you know, yeah, every time I rewatch this show, I kind of appreciate Taylor a lot more. And uh, she's great in this scene. I just love the way she's explaining it. Um, so uh, we then get uh, Carlos in the ambulance. <laughs> what section are you reading? Metro. What's it about? Stuff. <laughs> it's like metrical article. So I just thought, you know, uh, uh, metrical article stuff. I just, you know, thought I would uh, jump to it. It's because you always go on about it. It's like talking to a parrot. Um, and then he's just like asking Doc about people's skills. Um, and he's all like, you know, talking about himself. And then what does Doc say? Like, you just used the word uh, me five times in four seconds. I think I might need to call Guinness. Um, and he's talking about... Um, 
<coughs> excuse me, as I cough in the middle again. Jesus, is professional. Uh, other people's problems, calling them stupid and yahoos, um, just things like that. It's funny. And then uh, Doc obviously invites him to come the next morning. Low income housing. Um, you know, I help out every morning at six o'clock. Six o'clock in the morning. Um, it's like, what does that mean? I have to get up at like five. Getting up at five is stupid. Well, I get up at four. <laughs> just love Doc's reaction there. It was just like, I get up at four. Um, so we cut to the next morning Doc's uh, helping out at this apartment He's throwing toilets out the window And talking to this guy about how he loves coming here Gets the stress release going Then we hear some arguing uh, What's going on um, Outside Carlos is arguing with a homeless guy He's trying to steal the toilet The doctor's threw out the window and he's, I love when he's like I've got some friends who are cops, back off and it's like, he's homeless. What does he need a toilet for? It's like, what do you need for? You, What do you need it for? It's like, it's not about me. Um, it's like, you've come here. You've complained about getting up so early. You pick fights. You've hit on all the women. It was one girl. And she was hot. Oh, my God. Can I just say, like, with Carlos, one thing I do like about this scene is, like, I feel like we do get a glimpse of why he is the way he is. Like, he seems like he's an asshole, right, throughout this whole episode. And then we do get, like, a glimpse when he's just like, it's not about me. It's about procedure. Like, you can't just let people take things. And being in a foster system, that is so true. Like, you're taught that. Like, when you go in a group home, you got to hold your ground. And you can't let people take things from you because they will. Yeah. And so, like, that just was like, I don't know, that was perfect. Like, I could see why. Like, right there, I was like, that's why you're such an... I get it, you know? Yeah, so. I, I mean, it's kind of one of these <laughs> these situations where both people are right, if you know what I mean. Like, you, I agree with Carlos to an extent, too. Like... You can't just let people take things. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's kind of like, well, Doc's got a point. Like, it's just a toilet. It's just going to get thrown yeah, out. Exactly, so, like, exactly. you know, it's kind of like when I used to work at um, Starbucks when it was here in Hobart, um, the policy was that, like, at the end of the day with the food, that you just had to throw it out. You weren't allowed to give it to anyone because, you know, they were worried about getting, like, sued by, like, a homeless person would sue them that they got sick from Starbucks. Yeah. So they just threw it out. And, um,. Which is a complete waste of food because, like, not even the staff members could eat it. So um, there was one night that one of the assistant managers was like, "Well, this is stupid. Like, this food is just going to get thrown in the bin. There's so much of it." So like, he gave out all this food to like the staff and like, take it home, give this to you, you know, your whatever. And then he got caught and he got like into so much trouble. And it's like, well, this food was literally getting thrown in the bin, like as if the staff are going to sue Starbucks because we got sick. We knew it. Like oh everyone's just God. so precious and careful about stuff. It's kind of They're you know very careful. I mean, because like dumpster diving is like becoming like popular i guess and i don't know i've been on youtube and like i see a lot of these dumpster diving videos now mm-hmm. and like going behind starbucks and all these restaurants there's so much food being thrown out and like now they're even putting like locks on a dumpster so people can't get to the food and yeah it's like when you go to a restaurant <laughs> and um you, they won't let you take like i mean i actually i should say i noticed in america like everywhere you go you generally can take a box like you can you can take a buffet yeah 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 uh, whereas we, I don't. Do you guys call it a doggy bag over there? It's kind of called a doggy bag here in Australia. Oh, some of us do. I mean, it's just a to go, but doggy yeah. bag. I mean, yeah. It's actually very rare in Australia they let you do it anymore. So, like, I've always noticed when I'm in America, like they always will let you do it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a thing in Australia that's being phased out, and, and that all comes down to because restaurants are scared that you're going to take that home and not store your food properly, so therefore you're going to like cause it to go off and make you sick, and then you're going to sue the restaurant. And like this, this is coming from Australia, Brandy. We, we're not. No offense to Americans, we're not Americans. We don't sue everyone. Um, but like, we're yeah, still more precious people. about oh. stuff. <laughs> oh man, I hate the mentality. To like, I mean, I get there's going to be lawsuits, but like some of the mentalities I I run into like often. 
especially like in my city, like Tacoma, like next to Seattle, is that like I see so many people like, oh, let this person hit me. I'm gonna sue her ass. And like it's just becoming so common for people like, yeah, I'm, it's easy money. It's I'm gonna sue them. And it does get people like panicky, like. You know, it's just, I hope we don't get to the point where we can't take food home. Because that's my favorite. Like, part of my favorite thing is to, like, take over, take home leftovers and not have to cook or, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's, um, it's yeah. interesting. But anyway, uh, so we do get this very, like, a little emotional scene here, though, where kind of, like, Doc walks off and is like, I'm thinking to believe you're beyond help. And then kind of Carlos is like, I'm starting to think I'm beyond help, too. And then it's just like a nice little scene between these two. Like, I mean, these two fight. They're always at each other's throat again. Just a complicated relationship between these two. But they can have these nice scenes. And kind of Carlos is like, look, I don't know what to do. And it's just like, well, look, just put yourself second. You know, let the rest take care of itself. It's good advice. It's probably the best way of looking at it. Uh, so then we get this great little montage. Carlos is in like a store. Um, he's bought like a coffee and this guy's like, oh, I'm a little short. We've got douche guy standing behind, you know, oh, hurry up. You're going to buy something. Uh, and then Carlos is just like, oh, there's something I meant to do here. So what would Doc do? Uh, and then he walks up and pays for this guy's coffee. And it's like, are you sure? It's like, yes. And it's like, not a problem, man. Then we get like, what a feeling. Dun-dun. And this is like, you know, Carlos is going around there, like helping a woman get his, get a hat in the middle of the road, helps a guy with a box. Um, just so funny. This is the way he's just like, don't you worry about it. Like, it's just so funny that Carlos little montage of him helping people. And this is just, this one episode is just so funny. Like, it's just so clever. It's awesome. Cause like, I just love it. I love the whole, like, what would Doc do? And he's like really thinking like, what would Doc do? Okay. I know there's something I got to do, but what is it? It's just like, most people are like, okay, take money out of my pocket, put it on the counter for the guy. He's just like, but what do I have to do? I just, and his, his again, his acting is just perfect. Anthony's oh, yeah. acting in this is just so good. It makes it so believable, like of his character. Like he really doesn't know what to do. He's really like he's really out of his comfort zone. You know, he's so <laughs> natural. He's and this is the thing. Like yeah. whenever you see Anthony Rivera in anything, like he's just got an ability to really like make you believe his character because, like you know, obviously uh, Southland when he was in that for about a season, just like his character. Oh, okay. he's, he's kind of got like a bit of a cheekiness to him, but he's also kind of likable without sometimes being completely unlikable like i know he's in uh, starship troopers um as some sort of random soldier but like um like he's been in american horror story a couple of times uh you know working with ryan murphy and in one of the seasons i think it was hotel he played a serial killer i can't even remember the name of the serial killer he played but um yeah it was just like he's just such a natural actor and like it was he was in an episode of blue bloods i think this season i think it was where he just aged so much he actually looks quite like i and I don't know if they deliberately made him look older because Anthony Reeve has got a bit of a baby face about him. So, like, you know, he's kind of one yeah. of these actors that even when as he ages, he doesn't look older. But, I mean, in Blue Bloods, like, he really did look older. So, I'm hoping they put some, like, makeup on him or something like that. I don't want him to lose his baby so. face. He just has that baby, like... And I know guys don't... Men don't like this, but he's just, like, has this, like, cute little baby face. Like, oh, no, it's just funny. Like, it makes his facial expressions so much more perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's just such a good, like, when it comes yeah. to it. And it's sort of, like... You know, we talked a lot about Bobby Cannavale last episode, how he's gone on to bigger and better things. And, you know, I mean, Andrew Rivervar is not exactly not busy in, in sort of acting. I mean, he's kind of gone on to obviously be a lot more of one of these people who's just going to randomly appear in an episode of Blue Bloods or Law and Order or things like that. I mean, he's like he's been in, obviously, uh, we talked a little bit about the fact that he was in the Scream TV series where apparently I was informed that he replaced Jason Wiles after Jason Wiles got killed off. Um, so... 
Yeah, and the, but like I mean, just going through here, a lot of the stuff he's been in. I mean, he's a lot of side parts in in lots of things. I mean, Blue Bloods actually, according to IMDb, at least at the time of recording this, is the last thing he's actually acted in. But he apparently was in a TV series called Frequency for a quite some time. Um, he was, uh, as I said, American Horror Story. He was in an episode of NCIS Los Angeles. He was in uh, the TV series Avengers Assemble, uh, Nighthawk. He was a voice. He does a lot of voice acting, of course, as we know. He does the voice of uh, Batman in Beware the Batman TV series. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's been in lots of things. Um, you know, he's kind of one of these faces where, he, you know, you'll look at it and go, oh, yeah, I know who he is. But, you know, unless you actually know him, his name. So, but his daughter's like fucking some incredible gymnast now, isn't she? Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely. I uh, think, she, I believe she is gymnast. I think they're trying to like train her for like the Olympics at one point, or I don't know. Like, I know she's up there, like top, definitely like one of the tops, or her scores are like, they're always talking about, like, I, that's one thing I like about is like, he's such a family guy. I can see why he like spontaneously, like, will show up in acting because it seems like he's like such a founding guy like of his family that you don't really see much of his acting you know because he's always like posting things about his daughter and like what she's up to and like her activities and yeah i wouldn't be surprised if she does the olympics at one point or i'm not sure she already has i don't know how, oh, she, how she, is she uh she's you know she hasn't done the uh, the olympics yet. i think she's only like she's got to be at least nine or ten isn't because i mean him and okay, von jung i don't think have been married for I mean, at least 10 years, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm assuming they met on Third Watch. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, I don't actually know how old she is. Maybe I can find out quickly. As I, again, my, my voice and I'm burping and, yeah. Um, oh, married to Yvonne Jung, 1998. So, obviously, they met before Third Watch. Um, I'm just seeing here, does it say anything about the daughter? Oh, here we go. Uh... The daughter, Levi, she's 11. She was born in 2006. So, okay. 11 at the time of recording this. Uh, by the time we release this, she'll probably be 12. Um, but, yeah, so they've also got a son, uh, Kainoa, who was born in 2002. So, they've got two children. Uh, but, yeah, Levi Rivivar. Uh, there's a name for you to keep an eye out for that, folks. Uh, perhaps in, uh, I don't know if she'll quite make uh, Tokyo, but uh, perhaps uh, Paris 2024. She might... Uh, It'd be, it'd be great. I, like, I mean, I actually do watch the uh, the the gymnastics at the Olympics. I love watching it. But um, yeah, I mean, if you actually if you Google Levi Reivavar, uh there's a heap of videos, um, and there's actually um, a profile for her on the US gymnastics official website. Uh, her name is actually Levi Jung Reivavar, Um and yeah, she's quite successful by the looks of things here. So um, just there a you yeah, so there you go. Keep an eye out for that name, Levi Jung Reeviva. So, uh, anyway, so we've got this great little montage. Um, Carlos is now in the ambulance with Doc. Um, Carlos starts off, you know, asking, "Oh, how, how are you? How are you going, Doc? Oh, good. Oh, you know, usually let's ask when he asks them how they're doing back. Uh, I've been great. You know what I've been doing late recently? Being nice." <laughs> And it's just like going on about like, oh, this is how going to church must feel. And Doc's just like, yeah, I I hear it's pretty similar. And then they get a they get a call over the radio, and just Carlos's line of, all right, let's go help some people. Oh look, kids! (laughs) I just love the way he does that. Oh look, kids! (laughs) I just like the whole like it feels nice. Like usually when someone asks us like how you're doing, you ask back. How you? I feel great. Like he just, he just, I just love that whole that whole sequence together. 
It's so funny. And then we kind of get this, um, you know, interesting scene where they're obviously helping out a person and kind of Carlos reverts sort of back to his old ways. And which again, this is another one of those kind of situations where it's like, you can see why he did it, but like his dog will point out very shortly, you know, it's, it's how you did it. It's not what you did. It's how you did it. So, um, I've got like this woman getting all, you know, she's very hysterical about her, I'm assuming husband. Uh, and then, you know, Carlos is kind of trying to be calm, like look out of the way, out of the way. And then just like, grabs her and like shoves her down and yells at her and um you know doc's basically just like leave her alone and help me um you know so we we then kind of get this dramatic scene where carlos has obviously read something in some journal there's a new way of um as as treating obviously whatever's wrong with this patient and kind of they do it and it works so then we get um you know carlos and doc having a nice little moment good call back there you know thanks um you know good instinct and then he's sort of like, you know, oh, you're going to put that in my report? Like, yes, I will. And it's like, oh, what else are you going to put in there? And it's like, oh, the truth. Um, so we kind of get like a little shot there of like Carlos looking at the woman that he threw down on the couch, basically. Um, and then we'll close out this episode where they're back at the sensitivity training. Uh, and then Carlos kind of has this big speech at the end, uh, you know, where I guess I'm wasting your time. You know, he doesn't know anything about compassion. Uh, he does what he does with compassion. Um, you know, it doesn't matter as long as you're soft-hearted, as long as you're good at your job. So, I mean, it's, it's a very, you know, nice little speech that he gives at the end and, you know, kind of very valid. And he sort of walks out and then Bosco follows after him and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, that was great. You know, that was really good. And then Carlos just sort of has a smirk on his face. Oh, you believe that crap? Uh, you know, I was just doing what you said, say what they want to hear and get a pass. And then obviously, like, Bosco's like, ah, oh, yeah, didn't buy it for a minute, walks off. Um, but then you clearly Carlos was telling the truth because, um, you know, he obviously has a bit of a look on his face and you can kind of see that the, uh, you know, he, 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 it's, it's, it's a nice little way of ending it. I feel just the way they kind of, you know, you get that Carlos has learnt something this episode, which is kind of nice. Um, but then of course it has to end on a bit of a, a funny note. Some hot chick walks past, Carlos checks her out and follows after her as we hear a bit of smash mouth and walking on the sun to really date this episode. Um, so just such a fun, 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 fun episode. Such a great way to end it. Kind of just even the way it ends, sort of with a bit of balance of the serious and a bit of balance of the comedy. It's just, oh God, this episode is so good. It is, you know, it's funny. Like, I love how Doc was like, it's not about how, it's not about what you did, but it's how you did it. And it's like, I've been told that so many times. And I was like, I love Carlos. And it's, it's cool because, like, Carlos is such a great character. And it's like, even though, like, it, it's, he was an asshole in this, this episode, it's like, you get it, though. You get him. He re- it resonates with you, you know. And this was an awesome episode. I mean, I I already know my outcome is going to be when it comes down to, like, the Bennett or Reddit, you know, Bennett rented or by uh, scale. So You uh, don't or you do? I do. Oh, good. I, do I was about to say, if you're thinking about this, Brandy, like, wow. No, 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 I do. <laughs> uh, I was about to say. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess before we kind of get into that section, I mean, like, sort of, we, we've mentioned a few times, but moving into season three, um, you know, we'll still get these solitary episodes of, of characters. They, they kind of take away a lot, a little bit more in terms of, having these solo episodes, obviously, with what will happen as we keep talking about sort of the first half really is September 11 base. So you kind of need these mixed episodes. But kind of moving forward from this point here in Season 2, like, I mean, from we get some Carlos-centric episodes, but we don't obviously will get any form of, like, Carlos narration or anything along those lines. Like, 
you know, Carlos is going to have some storylines related to him moving forward. Um, and, you know, the, the the comedy stuff is still going to be there with Carlos, but it's not going to be the extent we get in this episode. I mean, this is just kind of like one of those unique one-off episodes, which is just so amazing. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting with Carlos. Like, what more could you do with his character on this side of things? You can't really have a comedic Carlos episode every season. I feel that, like, what they do with his character still works perfectly, and obviously he comes full circle by the finale. So, um, yeah, it's a unique episode. It's kind of... It's, it's a rarity in the fact that we've got just how different this is compared to so much of what we're used to on Third Watch. But uh, this is, again, what Season 2 does so well. We have so many of these standout, unique episodes that just make this season so good. And again, this episode is coming off the death of, you know, our first death of a major character. So, um, yeah, I just... Yeah, this episode, Brandy. Wow. <laughs> let's let's get into the evil review section. Let's review this, baby. Um, and it's kind of uh, an obvious one. Isn't it? This is a double buy, surely. It's obvious. We don't, yeah. It's obvious. We're going to buy it. Both of us, yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, this puts you perfect in terms of your bite scale for Season 2. I mean, it's only the third episode you've been on for Season 2, but uh, your streak, if we're classifying yours in just what you have, not including Darvell, you're seven in a row when you buys it, uh, Brandy. So just thought I would uh, update you on how you're going. And uh, also seven in a row in terms of if we combine you and Darvell's ratings at the moment. So... Um, there you go for those playing at home wanting to know the statistics. But uh, for sure, double buy it. This is not even a question. If we had a higher category than buy, this would be in it. Because I honestly think this is the second best episode of Third Watch ever done. And what I'm actually planning on doing is I'm going to eventually sort of... I want to rank these episodes. And I know we kind of said that. We're going to do that maybe towards the end. But I'm going to start my list kind of ongoing so it's easier for me to rank these and kind of shuffle them around a little bit more. Similar to what we do with the seasons at the end of the season. But um, I'm telling you now, uh, to this point of the show that this is the second best and I don't think my top two will change at all from this point. Obviously, After Hours, number one, followed by this. So, um, yeah, that's that's my opinion of it. But anyway, so we're off in now into uh, our next episode, which, of course, is Honor, our uh, next Jimmy-centric episode. And as always, I've kind of always said that, eh, firefighter episodes don't exactly do it for me. But, um, yeah, I, I like this episode. It's similar to Jimmy's Mountain. I enjoy Jimmy's episodes this season. And what I think is kind of unique about Honor is it's definitely an episode of two halves. We kind of get, you know, a lot of stuff in the first half related to a bit of fun, a bit of firehouse banter, this, that, and everything else. And then the second half is obviously completely dedicated to this huge fire. Um, that obviously, you know, takes, and this is, this is our firefighter tribute episode. Just like we had, uh, a hero's rest was our, uh, sort of our cop tribute episode. This is our firefighter tribute episode. And again, both done before 9-11. So yeah, I like honor. I think it's a great episode. I think it's kind of, it's a very strong fire episode and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to covering it. Brandy, what do you, what do you think of honor? I'm excited. It's actually one of my favorites. I mean, it, it was, it's very, it's, ah, oh, it, I think it's an important one for me, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to cover it. Well, we're going to be doing it next, obviously, too, and you'll be on that one. And it's it's interesting, actually. I only yeah, just yeah. realized sort of in uh, preparing for the episode that um, 
there's actually a, a fairly famous person in this episode who I don't actually know who it is. I mean, I guess if you're an American football fan, you'll know who this person is. But uh, we'll talk about him in the next episode. Um, uh, so we'll get to that. In the meantime, remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, and all, of course, our relevant uh, subscribe channels on Stitcher, Spotify, and uh, iTunes. And by all means, uh, if you could take a few moments to just uh, leave us some feedback and some ratings, we'd obviously very much appreciate it. And uh, we're obviously enjoying doing these Third Watch coverage uh, so much, and I cannot wait to continue on as we move into on and next week. We're really at the pointy end of Season 2 right now, so uh, we're definitely moving through this very, very, very well. Uh, my name is Ben, and I'm also starting to think that I'm beyond help too. Hey, Miss Brandy again. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to do this episode, and stay tuned for the next one. I'll be on it. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.